We're going with octopus. It's a well-known fact that my sense of smell is not what it once was. I have a barbed wire fence and some guard dogs to thank for that. Fortunately, my other senses have stepped up their game to compensate. I've got the taste buds of a gourmet chef, the eyes of an eagle, and the touch receptors of a... uh... something that can feel stuff really good. An octopus? They've got lots of feely things, right? You'll note that hearing is excluded from this daredeviling of my other senses. This is because I'm semi-convinced my hearing is going. Either that or the entire world is starting to mumble. People young and old, creatures big and small, car horns, jackhammers, and Marlon Brando. Everything. I'm only semi-convinced my ears are faltering, however. Hearing is a tough sense to judge accurately. You know when your vision is blurry, and you know when you should be smelling dog farts but cannot. Hearing is a bit more amorphous. Did you hear that? No. You sure? I don't know. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if my ears were going, though. It's been a long time coming. Back in the day, before the school nurse was replaced by a pack of band-aids and a half-roll of Tums due to budget cuts, students would get an annual school physical. Around third or fourth grade, I remember going to the nurse's office and being subjected to a battery of tests which included a hearing exam. The test involved putting on these awesomely retro 60s-style headphones and tapping on either the right or left headphone, as she played back an increasingly high-pitched set of sounds in your left or right ear. I remember this very distinctly because I completely failed the test. It wasn't a matter of tapping the wrong headphone, it was a matter of not hearing the noises at all. Midway through, the nurse started giving me an inquisitive sort of look as I sat there, not tapping. After a minute or so, the nurse was like, Seriously, Rafferty? You can't hear anything? You can't even fake it? The deaf kid was here before you, and he did a better job than you just by guessing. In the intervening years, I haven't exactly treated my ears with the care they deserve. Like at that Blue Oyster Cult concert in 1996, for example. For some strange reason, Blue Oyster Cult decided to put on a free outdoor concert on the Albany waterfront in the summer of 1996. Even stranger, I attended this concert. The truth of the matter is the entire population of Albany attended the Blue Oyster Cult concert on that fateful day, whether they wanted to or not. You see, Blue Oyster Cult, henceforth known as the B.U.C., put on the loudest concert in the history of humankind that Thursday. It was heard for miles around. You could hear it in Colony, Menans, Gilderland, Slingerlands, probably Cahos, not quite Gansevoort. Definitely not Wompsville. Voorheesville, though, maybe. Mechanicville is right out. I could do this for another five minutes, easily. Point is, the concert was loud as hell, and I was standing entirely too close to the speakers. I was not fearing the Reaper, but I was fearing some portion of my ear exploding. The tympanic membrane? The seminiferous tubules? Something. Whatever it was, there was going to be a lot of blood, and it was going to be coming out of my skull. Speaking of blood boring out of things, flash forward about a decade to November of 2007, New York City. 
my ears had rested up and were overdue for some punishment. Conveniently enough, Guar was performing at the Roseland Ballroom in Manhattan. And when Guar comes to town in their flying saucer, or whatever it is Guar uses to get around, you damn well better see them. Or else they'll eat you. A quick primer on Guar for those unfamiliar. They are a band that consists of half a dozen dudes who wear oversized foam rubber suits on stage and play heavy metal music while spraying the audience with a variety of unidentified fluids. According to the band's history, they landed here on Earth millions of years ago, killed all the dinosaurs, built Stonehenge, sunk Atlantis, and now play heavy metal music in an effort to conquer the world. Thus far, their efforts have been unsuccessful. I've been to a fair number of concerts in my time, enough to know that at a metal show the crazy people tend to congregate directly in front of the stage. Probably because that's where the EMTs are, and if you're planning on moshing yourself unconscious, you want them nearby. Bearing that in mind, when I arrived at the Guar concert, I decided to stay a couple hundred feet away from the stage. Out of fake blood spray range, basically. This is a safe distance, I thought. It was not a safe distance. What I failed to take into consideration is that at a Guar concert, the crazy people aren't just in front of the stage. The crazy people are everywhere. Hmm, I thought to myself. I should maybe move back a bit further. Obviously, I did not hear myself say, hmm, because it was like Albany circa 1996 in the Roseland at that moment, only all of the noise was locked inside a glorified warehouse in Manhattan instead of being allowed to travel to Manans. By the time Jesus Hitler appeared on stage, a man dressed as Hitler, but when he turned around appeared to be Jesus, who was later decapitated, spurting blood all over the audience, obviously. I had worked my way back far enough to almost hear myself think and, more importantly, not be sprayed with any suspicious substances. When the Nazi Pope showed up, seeing a pattern here, I decided it was time to head home. The spectacle of Guar had worn thin. It's been almost three years since that Guar show, and approaching fifteen for the B.U.C. My hearing remains, but has it diminished? I guess I'll find out in another fifteen years when Guar and the B.U.C. are touring together on their Kill the Reaper tour 2025. Worst case scenario, my hearing will be totally gone, and I'll have to use my remaining heightened senses to experience the show. It should be delicious.